0: You're listening to the Mind Your Own Dog Business Podcast. I'm your host, leading expert in dog business strategist, Kristen Lee. Guys, get ready for your journey, your journey to cutting edge marketing and sales, creating a standout, kick-ass dog business brand, along with mastering your mindset that's going to smash all those glass ceilings that have been holding you back and catapult your dog business to the next level with actionable steps you can take right away. We're going to empower you. We're going to grow you as you step into your authentic self, not only as a dog trainer, dog walker, or whatever slice of the pet industry you find yourself in, but as that badass entrepreneur. My mission is to disrupt the current norm, cut through the noise, cut through the bullshit, and empower the incredible women of the dog business industry to step into the spotlight, reclaim control, and transform not only their businesses, but their lives. It's real It's raw, it's uncensored, and it's what this dog business industry needs. Let's do this, guys. Welcome to today's episode of the Mind Your Own Dog Biz podcast. Guys, I'm super excited to have a very special guest here today coming from the West Coast where all the coolest people are at, Ayumi. And what I love about Ayumi, she's one of those people that I've known for about, I think it's like four or five years at this point. And she's here to talk about something that a lot of you guys struggle with, being kind of a doormat. Let's just put it at that. I know it's a little bit of a harsh word, but always being a people pleaser, always being friendly, feeling like you have to be nice. And I want to use the word nice specifically, specifically because there's a difference between being nice and being kind. So Ayumi is going to hear, is here to talk about her journey from like super, super sweet, positive, not one to rock the boat into how she stepped into her incredible power as an extremely talented dog trainer as she found her authority and she found her inner goddess as she found her true power ayumi welcome to my drone dog business
1: hey hey thanks for having me
0: on I am super excited that you're here. Where's boss right now? Where's Mr. Boss? He
1: is actually in another room because he's panting so hard. So I didn't want you guys to have to hear that, but oh. he, <laughs> yeah, so he's hanging somewhere.
0: <laughs> he's in the background. Ayumi yeah. usually has a whole ton of dogs at her house for board and train. So I appreciate her coming on and having this conversation. So Ayumi, super quick. How long have you been in the business of dog training?
1: Yeah, so I've been a dog trainer for about 10 years, but I've had my own business for three.
0: Nice. And what would you say your superpower
1: is? (sighs) Honestly, I think my superpower is choosing to see the good and all the negatives that come at me specifically. So I just try to make the best out of all the shitty things that could happen Mm -hmm. just so, you know, just to be able to move past it easier.
0: Nice. I told you guys that is like a super positive, really amazing kind person <laughs> versus he like, is. ah, like when you're melting <laughs> down, I'm like, ah! always. So, <laughs> what's the last thing you've accomplished that made you so incredibly proud?
1: Okay. So, I mean, especially from where I started from to now, um, this is definitely hands down the biggest accomplishment I've ever made so far. And I made 20 K two months ago. And that's in just one single month, actual cash in. And it's just been my proudest moment.
0: <laughs> that's fucking incredible. I know we chatted about that last week when, during when your yes. uh, quarter closed. And by the way, guys, Iumi is officially a co-facilitator now at the grassroots dog biz school. So super exciting. A lot of good stuff going on with her.
1: Yeah. I'm so happy to be able to just, you know, being that help. Health- all of you guys in the process too, but I could not have done this without grassroots. So thank you guys.
0: Thank you, Ayumi. We're going to circle jerk for the next hour or so. <laughs> hey, everybody else does it. Why can't grassroots do it once of course. in a while? Yeah. So Ayumi, what is your most favorite quote?
1: Okay. So this quote, it's, it's a really simple quote and it might sound strange, but it's dreaming so insane. And the reasoning behind it is, Well, one, I do have really insane dreams to begin with. All my dreams are super vivid and just crazy. But uh, this quote is specifically from one of my favorite bands called The Vines. And they broke up like years ago, but this was back in fifth grade. And the quote has always stuck with me just from then until now. And it's also because like, you know, the dream of starting my own business, even though I was with a business already it was secure I had consistent money flow coming in and I was co-owner of that business to now like you know starting from scratch zero clientele nothing and it was just an insane thing for me to do because a lot of people were like why would you leave something so secure but I you know I dreamed about the day where I could just do it for me and it happened so that's always the quote I come back to.
0: Nice. And you, you actually hired your, your uh, significant other full-time into your business too. So essentially you retired him from the nine to five as well, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it's been really nice having him in. And I think I actually have to start looking for someone else soon too. Ah, uh-huh.
0: I know. All that stuff. <laughs> and super funny about your quota on dreams. Cause if, our listeners don't know iumi and i share sleep paralysis demons i swear yes
1: <laughs> so much
0: <laughs> because sometimes our brains are just super intense and activated and i suffer from sleep paralysis i know iumi does i remember the first time you posted about it on instagram you're like what the hell just happened i'm like oh that's your sleep paralysis demon they're cool you'll yeah. get to know them over the next couple of years <laughs> they'll be your friends they'll be hanging out and chatting with you
1: but honestly like I get it so often that I can now stop myself out of those dreams very quickly. Like I know mm-hmm. when it's happening so I just tell myself Ayumi it's just a dream wake the fuck up right now and whenever I say now I like jump out of it. You're like ah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just so used to it now it's part of the process.
0: It's <laughs> awesome. I I yeah, I'm not going to talk more. I would love to talk more about this but another time. I know. Yeah. Uh, So Ayumi, can I, I want to share my favorite memory of you, if that's cool. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 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 So Ayumi and I were actually both students of Maggie back in the day in grassroots. And I had the pleasure and Ayumi had the quote unquote pleasure to be doing a really intensive high, oh God, I don't even know, high pressure sales week where we invested a fuck ton of money into it. Yeah. And I don't know if anybody knew the story, like we literally landed in Australia the night before, and then we had to be at the place, the sales training place at like 5am because we had a Mm -hmm. dial for America. And then from five, like from like noon, Australia time, Melbourne time to like eight o'clock at night, we did like intense, like personal development around sales and like everything like that. And like objection handling. And these are the top sales traders in the world. And we all went through our own shit. Like they systematically broke us down in a really good way. And (laughs) I remember it was like, I don't know what day was it? It was like day two or three that you had your moment that I'm about to share and totally like show the all your, bo- your booty on this one.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Okay. So it was like day two or three, we all been broken down. We're all broken. It was like Blair Witch Project at night. <laughs> like just sleeping, like crying <laughs> to our significant others on the other side of the world.
1: So true. Oh God, why
0: am I doing this? Fuck this shit. Right. <laughs> it's like literally if I could have gone on a plane, I would have gone home most likely, yeah, but for sure, for sure. And we're in this weird little house in Melbourne, Australia.
1: Was it was crazy. cute though. It was such a cute house. <laughs> it was such
0: a fucked up cultural appropriation house too, no less.
1: Yeah. yeah you know what? You're, you're right. <laughs>
0: yeah. We're not going to use the words they used, but it was like the second or third day and we were like intense and in dialing, right? Like sales are starting to be made. We are just making, like when we had phone numbers, like thousands of numbers, we had to generate our own leads. And Ayumi, it got really quiet. And when somebody was like having a moment with their sales process, whether they were closing a huge sale or whether they were struggling, what usually happened was like, it was like a tunnel effect and everybody would focus on the one person. Mm-hmm. And Ayumi was on the phone with this person <laughs> and she was having a conversation. And I, what was the, what was the
1: lady's objection? She didn't have money or something like that. Yeah. So she said she was like homeless and she didn't have money. And I honestly, I didn't think it was this story. I thought it was the other one, but Which yeah. one? Uh, we can tell, we can tell the other story. Uh, Which I other story are you thinking? The one where I like fell to the ground. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the story I'm talking about. Wasn't that the one? Oh, is it? No, no, this isn't the well. I guess why don't, both you, of why don't you tell thing. the story?
0: Why don't you tell the story? I want to hear from oh, you. Oh goodness!
1: Okay. So <laughs> the story is, well, I actually had run out of leads that day. So Maggie was kind enough to share me her leads that she had that she never called. So I started <laughs> calling her leads and I actually got in contact with this one trainer. Long story short, she was like not making any money. She had a lot of, um, just stuff going on in her life and, um, you know, going through the script and all that stuff, I was mentioning how it would be really helpful to just be able to charge a little bit more than she's comfortable with. So that way she could pay for her bills and all of that. And, you know, it kept going in circles and, um, Gulliver, Gulliver was there during that time kind of helping me with the process. Cause he could see that I was struggling. And because I kept going round and round with objections and handling it, Eventually, he just told me to say, "You're boring me, and I'm gonna hang up now, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? like I <laughs> my eyes widened up so much, I'm like, no way, I cannot say that, and I have to whisper because mm-hmm. uh, what do they call it Puppeting, thank you, yes, so I was like, no, 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 I can't do that He's like, say it, I'm like, no, he's like, say it, <laughs> and so he only says it like twice and then you get in trouble, yes, exactly, <laughs> so I was like you're boring me. I'm going to end this conversation right now. And I hung up the phone and oh my God, I just collapsed to the floor. Cause I'm like, how could I say that to someone? Oh my, I'm a terrible person. But at the end of the day, it would have just been on that phone call. Oh, and it's the same thing. We knew she wasn't going to say yes, Mm -hmm. but that was just the biggest, craziest moment of my life (laughs) that I hope to never revisit again.
0: Well, it's the whole, you had the Jesus moment conversation with somebody and, you know, I might have some listeners in here that have had those type of conversations, but like, you know, one thing through sales, and I I, I know you can relate to this, is like the best form of personal development because you get to actually start to grow as a person too. Absolutely. But I think I remember, yeah, you like collapsed to the floor like
1: on your I knees. I remember that. Did Like I, you know, I don't like going on the floor cause it's dirty, but it was that moment. I'm just like, oh my God, I had no feeling in my body. <laughs> it was just too much for me to handle. Well, well,
0: that also kind of leads us into the whole conversation because, you know, one thing with, uh, with Ayumi, she's always been like a super, like, and I don't say this with like ill intentions at all. It's just your personality, right? Like you are an incredibly sweet, bubbly, positive person, you know, compared to people that kind of see me on that side. People think I'm like the mean, rough person, but you know me, Ayumi, I'm actually a really nice person. You are, absolutely. (laughs) But- you know, I've always kind of had that chip on my shoulder. It's just who I was. And Ayumi was always just incredibly helpful. Like ah, it's a problem, you know, like <laughs> somebody could like blow up her post like negativity, like, cause Iumi's a really good uh, content writer and marketer. Like she posted once about daycares and somebody like fucking blew up at her. And she's like, Oh my God, you know what I mean? But Ayumi going through the process of just personal development and everything like that, like she, she started to grow and I don't like to use the word boss bitch too much. Cause I feel like that's too much like girl boss and like MLN mm-hmm. type stuff,
1: I, yeah, but I agree.
0: <laughs> yeah. But she really started to turn a rock over and really started to be stronger in the, her voice, the way she showed up and like, look at her now, like she retired her boyfriend and she's 20K months and whatnot. So it's fucking huge, IOMI. And I'm so glad you're here to share this with everybody because I feel like a lot of people struggle with this, especially women in the industry, not being bold.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it's like, you know, to whoever is listening, like, I obviously I've been there and it's not a good place to stay and it's not going to help you as an individual grow. And take it from me, I feel like I am the most just doormat person <laughs> The world. So if I can do it, you guys can absolutely do the same thing too.
0: Nice. Aw. Love you, Ayumi. I love you too. (laughs) Circle Jerk. (laughs) Circle Jerk type. So can you share with us a little bit about your former self consistently feeling the need to be like super nice, very agreeable, very friendly as a dog trainer, business owner? Was there a deeper reason? Because I know a lot of the patterns we have as adults and our behaviors and the way we think and act and do right now were kind of like set in from childhood. But can you share a little bit about, you know, the former kind of doormatism to where you're at now?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm half Japanese and half I guess Caucasian, you could say. So we call it Hapa. And I very much tap into my Japanese side where it's all about being super polite and anyone who is angry or complains about something, you fix it, you know? So there's no kind of finding out what could be the reason. It's just like, Oh, you're upset. Okay. Let me help you as best as I can. And so I a hundred percent know that's exactly why I grew up to be who I guess I was. And it's just in Japan, it's all about being super duper polite being soft-spoken and especially for women, you know, you just kind of do everything that the man wants you to do. It's like women are the housewives. You cook for the man, you clean, you do everything for them and they make the money. And that's just kind of how it is. And I grew up being very shy, you know, so I was always glued to my mom. I didn't want to talk to anybody, but when it was my opportunity to, I just allowed anyone to talk over me because I was shy. And that was just me growing up. And also, You know, the first dog training business that I worked for, which is how I got into dog training to begin with, was a Japanese based company. So it's kind of just putting everything together, having to be ultra polite. Any clients that come in, it's just like, do what you need to do to make them happy. And I've stuck with that ever since, you know, before I started grassroots. And it was really tough because, you know, afterwards, once I had to be this fake, nice person, I'd come to myself or, you know, go home and I would just be so upset. Like, why did I do that? You know, and I would start thinking the person was crappy, but it was all about me and not being able to stand up for myself too.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's, that's huge too. I didn't realize other company had the same cultural of around like, because it's almost like that whole customer's always right type thing. And there's nothing wrong with like having a customer centric focused business, but when you lay a culture down of, like, doormatism, like, God, like did you feel like a lot of the times before you had that realization of you could be kind you don't have to be nice did you feel feel like you had a lot of times like where your boundaries were getting pushed by people like all around you like especially dog training uh, clients
1: yes yes a hundred and like not even a hundred like a thousand percent it was always pushed i let everyone and anyone walk all over me and um the first company so they're a japan based company and they have Uh, facilities all over Japan. And it was the first one in America that they created. So they wanted to create the same atmosphere, you know, but it's totally different clientele, like Americans versus Japanese. It's so different. And so with Americans, we're more, you know, straightforward with the things that we want, the things that we want to say. So when I had the, you know, um, opportunity to handle Japanese clients versus Americans, I could see that difference. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, Americans are really straightforward and I don't know how to handle it. I guess the only thing I can do is give them what they want and they'll be happy with me. Mm -hmm. And that was the thing. It's like always making sure people are happy. They didn't see me as rude and I just wanted to please other people too much. And I didn't care for myself. Damn.
0: I spent a lot of time back in my corporate, my past corporate life over in Tokyo and Mm -hmm. they are super... I like to use the word almost like client obsessed with making people happy and having like, just almost like this, I'm trying to think of the right word to use, like this almost seamless experience where everybody's happy. And like, it's mm-hmm. such a high pressurized and talk about sales being high pressurized, but talking about the culture in, in Tokyo and in, in Japan, like it's such a high pressure environment to bring that even onto yourself too. I couldn't it even imagine. It
1: really is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I'm obviously, like, I love Japanese people. I love Japan. Like, it's part of me, and I will – I'm not talking bad about it at all. It's just something that I've right. noticed. And I've talked about it with my brother, too, because, you know, he 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 does a podcast, and he teaches Japanese people people to speak English. But nice. I mentioned the same thing, yeah, on his podcast, too, where Japanese people are too worried about what others think about them. So that's why they always want to please. Yeah. and you know, I hope that someday in the future, Japanese people will be willing to stand up for themselves and just mm. say no once in a while. Yeah. Hard, they're
0: a very hardworking culture. That's one absolutely. thing I, absolutely wow. <laughs> That's one thing that I totally respect of the Japanese culture, especially the Tokyo corporate culture. It's incredibly hardworking, like a it massively, is. massively. It is. It is. I, I miss Tokyo. I haven't been there in like five years. So I'm like, I'm missing it. You're probably missing it too. Cause I know you take a lot of trips over there.
1: Yeah. Like I went just last year and Enrique and I have been talking about it. He just told me yesterday, he's like, just saying Japan is opening their borders. (laughs) I'm like, what are you trying to insinuate? (laughs) You're like, um, yeah, I'm going
0: to be right there right today. Can we go now? Oh
1: yeah. I know. I miss it all the time. You know, when I come back, I'm like, I want to go back already.
0: Yeah. It's a freaking amazing culture. Mm -hmm. So When you talk about this consistent need to be a people pleaser and that doormatism, and I'm trying not to use the word doormatism, but there's no other way I can think about it, but like consistently being like just upbeat and positive and super, super focused on making the dog owner happy. Do you feel there was a, like, do you feel there, like there was a misalignment in your business? Do you feel like it was holding you back on
1: anything? Can you talk about that? Um, do you mean in regards to my business now or like all of the times I was in like, you know, dog training and other businesses?
0: I would say a little bit of both, if you don't mind a
1: Jared. Bit of Both, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, before working for a company, I was just like, okay, I have to be nice because this is not my company. You know, I just have to do whatever they tell me to do. So that one, I felt like I had zero control over, but then when I was co-owner of a company, That's when I started to notice, like, even though I'm co-owner, I still can't do the things that I feel is right for the dog because I have to please this owner because I have two other co-owners who are just watching me all the time, even though I'm the one that's training. So once I actually stepped into my own business and learned the grassroots way and, you know, started to realize who I am as a person and I don't have to be a yes person all the time, when I started to realize like, hey, I can make boundaries for myself and I can tell people no. And it's helping me to create better results for the owner and their dog too, because I'm willing to say no now. I'm willing to tell them what they don't want to hear. Ooh. So it's been, Yeah, it's been an interesting process.
0: Yeah. I love the fact you just said that. I'm willing to tell people, dog owners, what they don't want to hear. Yep. That's powerful. Okay. Because, yeah, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I'm just
0: saying, cause it's a lot of times too. Like I feel like a lot of people have to like put this whole perception up. Like as dog trainers, I know my own personal husband struggles with it. Like you have to like be because you know what you do. I am me too. Is you sell high end programs? Mm-hmm. So what people sometimes do is like they almost overexert themselves to have like such perfect control over it. Yeah. And a lot of times people don't want to tell the owner what they don't want to hear, right? Like they, they feel like they have something like, I don't know. I'm trying to find the right phrasing around it. But I think what you said is like I can tell people what they don't want to hear, and I can tell people no. And I think that's incredibly powerful for, especially for that person that's listening that might be struggling with their boundaries, might be struggling with telling the truth. And, you know, because I feel like, I don't know if you feel this right too, that we are doing a disservice to dog owners and to the industry. If we keep telling people what they want to hear.
1: Yes. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I mean, you know, before, like when I started this business, I wanted to make sure I could enroll every single person I talked to, even if they weren't part of my niche. And I'm just like, oh, I got to get everyone in because everyone has to love me and want to work with me. But as, you know, the weeks and the months and the years pass by, I'm just like, I don't want to work with all of these people. But Mm if, you know, if they are part of my niche, if I do want to work with them, but they don't seem into it, I have to tell them the truth and see if they're really committed. And when I see that commitment, I'm like, all right, we're a good fit. We need to move forward. And that is definitely like the most powerful thing because at the end of the day, you get to choose. Mm -hmm. People don't choose you. You get to choose who you want to work with.
0: Damn. Well, (laughs) I think it's also really, I I love this because you, the reason I was actually going to go towards this conversation, this little talking point here, because I remember you posting in the students of grassroots group as the, like, again, my, uh, Ayumi is a facilitator. facilitator, And I remember it because it was so impactful to a lot of those students. It was like, at the end of the day, you get to choose who you want to work with.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And you know, like I know somebody's like struggling with cash or whatnot, it can seem scary to say that, but you know, and I remember Ayumi, like you've actually even think feeling this way at one point too. It's like, Oh my God, where's my cash going to be coming in from? Mm -hmm. But now it's like, you have that unique power to say yes. And you have this same power to say no to and be completely honest because, you know, I, I remember again, going back to sales week, Mm -hmm. one of the mentors said to Ayumi, she said, you know, there's a difference between being there is a difference be, between being nice, and there's a difference between between being kind.
1: Yeah, that was like the biggest mind blown. Even though it sounds so simple, but it's so true. And you know what she said that really stood out to me is being nice is lying to people because you're trying to lie to them to make them like you. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god, that's so freaking true. Because <laughs> you know sometimes. I don't enjoy being nice to those certain people because I don't vibe with them, but I'm trying to make them like me for reasons unknown because I don't want them to talk bad about me, but who, you know, the perception of other people is none of my business. And that was also a big thing I learned too from grassroots. And I was just like, it's so true. And I was so stuck in this mentality for so long. And like, it's just, you're stuck in your own jail and you can't get out of it until you're ready to let yourself free.
0: And I hope everybody said, like, listen to that one. Well, that goes also back to like, cause like, if, like I said, like people might think that potentially I am like this cold hearted, like Terminator, like walled off steel toed bitch. And like, I get She's that. Not. I'm You're not, <laughs> but you know, for me for a really long time and something I struggled with for many years, and I still have to actively work on it is boundaries because, very similar. Like I innately, deep deep down, the Christian that's inside me is a people pleaser, and I used to have I used to let people walk all over me, and it fucked me so 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 hard. In the l- especially in the last eighteen months, and I came I started thinking about it as you know because grassroots has matured in the last like eighteen months too, nonetheless. And there's something that I like to say too, and I got it from that conversation you had with that particular mentor, the sales mentor. Mm-hmm. and it was like, my boundaries might not seem nice, but they're kind. And that's the truth.
1: Yeah. It's like
0: boundaries yeah. are kind, they're not nice. they don't feel nice. And it, you know and if somebody uniquely is getting triggered by that like by what Ayumi saying, like, well, I need to be nice. It's like no. I'm Ayumi, if you talk to Ayumi, she might not be nice to you, but she's being kind to you. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting triggered by this in this conversation, I want to like implore you to look deep and down in yourself and like, okay, where's this coming from too, right? Because if we get triggered by a conversation, there means there's an unhealed part of us. And we're not saying this to be dicks to you at all
1: either. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's, it's really true. You know, once you start to really like allow yourself to open up and see what you've been preventing to let yourself out, like, man, it's just, Everything's going to get better from there, honestly.
0: Mm, I fucking love that. So, how's this journey for you, IME? been like from essentially you know super kind super I almost want to use the word meek for some reason like super kind super sweet quiet I'm just picturing you as a little kid like hiding behind your mom (laughs) yeah (laughs) like kind of like poking your head out and your mom like like kind of holding you or whatnot. How is how is this journey essentially from doormat to an incredibly powerful woman in the industry like What have you learned about yourself during this journey? What have you learned about others during this journey too?
1: So it's very similar to, you know, what I mentioned earlier, which is like the other's perception of me is none of my business. I, it doesn't matter what people think of me because that's all on them. And at the end of the day, it's all about you, you know, like we matter. So we have to make sure we take care of ourselves and being nice is a lie to myself and others and being kind is my true self because I, I know I'm a kind person for a fact. Like I know that. And sometimes it could lead me to bad places because people take advantage of that, but you know, it's still a learning process and I still do find myself being a doormat every now and then, but I know how I can, in a sense, fix that too. But I learned that I have the ability to step up and to be true and honest. And if people get offended by that, then that's on them, not me. Yeah,
0: that's on them. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there's, yeah, it's a whole saying of like, like you said, already, many times, it's like, it's none of your business, whether people are thinking of you, it's like, you're going to be a villain or a hero in somebody's story. It's not your narrative to control.
1: Exactly, exactly. And at the end of the day, not every single person in this freaking world is going to like me. And that's okay with me, because same for me. I don't, really vibe with every person in this world either and Mm. that's just how it is i agree
0: i agree i agree that's a huge red flag if like somebody's like i love everybody i'm like oh well yeah (laughs) (laughs) like it's a huge red flag for me i'm like oh and that's it's true too it's like sometimes we just don't vibe with people like there are people that you know uniquely I don't vibe with and yeah I'm not gonna make up a whole story about them it's just like okay I don't I'll be cordial to you I'll be kind exactly. to you but I'm not gonna be a jerk to you exactly so.
1: exactly it's just having that mutual respect you know but yeah. knowing I'll never be a close friend of yours and that's okay
0: yeah exactly So what is one of your biggest takeaways you've experienced as you started to stand into this authority and this almost, I want to like Maggie calls it accidental leadership, like how has this benefited (laughs) you and your business?
1: So honestly, like the biggest takeaway is that I am worth my time and worth the money that I charge hundred percent. And, you know, if people had asked me before for a discount, I would have given without a doubt. But then I would have been pissed that I allowed myself to do that and let them walk all over me. And now it's like no discounts, nothing, no allowing people to change what they want within a program, no allowing people to dictate what they think is best for them, especially like, you know, a lot of dog owners think that they know what they want, but they don't. And that's us as like either trainers or, you know, like walkers who help dogs with reactivity. We know what's best. and. It's up to us to choose that and point them in the right direction. And if people tell me no, I don't take from them anymore. So if they come back to me, it's like, nope, you told me no already. And that was it. You know, so you told me that you didn't want to work with me. You weren't super serious. And I leave it at that. So that has been <laughs> the biggest takeaway is just being able to just step up.
0: uh. Fucking reclaiming your power, I think, is the most bold thing that anybody can ever do. Like what you're saying is just reclaiming your power. It's just such a beautiful thing. I fucking love it. Especially Mm -hmm. in being in the business of entrepreneur, like in the business of dogs, especially in the entrepreneurship world. Because I feel, I don't know if you feel like this, Ayumi, and I'm not speaking generally, I'm just speaking from my point of view, my eagle eye point of view, Mm -hmm. is that a lot of women, especially that go into the business of dogs, whether they're dog trainers, pack walkers, hikers, whatever else they do. They go in because they have this unique sense of empathy. And I've seen that weaponized before and it's crazy.
1: It is. It is. Yeah. Like, you know, people say like, well, you do it for the love of dogs. So like, why would you charge this much money? And it's kind of like, you gotta live, you know, like you gotta make sure you're safe and comfortable too. Not just working yourself to the bone. And then you're like, hitting yourself and getting angry because you're burnt out. Like there's so Mm -hmm. much to it than just the love of dogs. Like you have to love yourself in the process.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well also too, it's, it goes to be said, it's like, you're a fucking, you guys are fucking professionals. Like, do you go to your lawyer and be like, "Well, you love people, so you love fighting for the little person." So, I think you need to give me a discount or do this pro bono. It's like, no, like everybody that's listening to this, including you, has heavily invested in their education. You are no different than a lawyer. You are not no different than a doctor, a pharmacist. It's like you don't go to the pharmacy and be like, "Well, you know, I have a cold, or I, maybe I need to go get a flu shot, but I want this particular strain of flu shot because I've done my research and whatnot." It's like, no, you guys are the subject matter experts that have invested the time the blood the sweat and the tears hell fucking yeah like get fucking get that money bitches that's what exactly. i said.
1: yeah i was like slamming my hand i'm like i'm like exactly <laughs> that, that that see
0: she's even so polite she won't slam her hand and i'm like i'm like rubbing <laughs> off on her i'm like whoa, i'm like i'm being all nice and quiet on this one so exactly. something i want to kind of turn back to you ayumi mm-hmm. for those dog trainers those pack walkers For anybody else who's listening to this that are really resonating with you and feeling you, and they might be where you're at a few years ago, maybe they're in the same place. What do you want them to know? Like, what's the one thing you want them to walk away with after listening to this conversation?
1: So to all that is listening, you are worth it. You can raise your prices. You don't have to be a yes person all the time. Say no. And you can take days off. You can take a week off. Be yourself, (laughs) you know, be who you are when you're like around your best friend to clients. Mm -hmm. And those are like the best clients to have is when you can be yourself and be able to fucking cuss, for example. You know, before I would be too afraid to cuss. I'm like, oh my God, I'm gonna see me as unprofessional. But that's just who I, I cuss a lot, you know? And I don't really show it when I'm out in the business world or professional world because then I don't want people to think of me in the wrong way, but who cares now, you know? So don't bend backwards for nobody. Stand up for yourself. Nobody. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Ayumi.
0: So yeah. where can people go and stalk you? I know I know where people <laughs> should go and stalk you, but where can people go and stalk you and what's up with the pack and boss and all the... Oh, <laughs> oh my God. She's also, guys, oh. she just got a new puppy. Well, not a puppy. She's got um, a new rescue pup. His name's Fritter and he is a... <laughs> garbage Muppet or a dumpster Muppet. He really looks like one. <laughs> like a little apple. I call him apple fritter. And I'm, whenever she poses a picture of him, I'm like, I go to my husband, I'm like, dumpster Muppet. And he dies at it.
1: <laughs> it's funny because like, you know, he came from another owner who was a client of mine and we had that tough conversation about, mm-hmm. you know, is he a good fit for the family? And at the end of the day, we both decided like he wasn't and that's okay. And those are also some really good conversations to have with people. If you know, that a dog is not a right fit for the family. Um, but anyway, we thought, you know, we've had this guy for a few weeks already. He could just be ours. And the owner can come by and see him anytime. And uh, she did name him after an apple fritter. And she also calls him a dumpster Muppet. So
0: you guys he's are all on the same
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's a sweet guy. And he's became my teacher for me when uh, we handle some reactive dogs. So he's been a great blessing in our lives too oh how how are him and boss getting along? Oh, perfectly fine he's so, like fritter is so chill, and boss like doesn't care. The only yeah. thing that i it's like a really strange thing, but when boss sneezes after like if he sneezes three times, fritter will like react he be like, yeah and he'll like go after him, and that's the only time he reacts, and it's so bizarre. I don't
0: know why My he was And I could see boss like them with like cross eyes too. Like what the fuck? Exactly.
1: <laughs> like boss just lifts his head, looks at us. is like, dude, what what, what is he doing? And we're like, we don't no. know, boss. Just, just let it
0: be. He's not going to do anything <laughs> to you. He has no teeth. <laughs> I told you he's a dumpster Muppet. And there's <laughs> not to get too much off track, but there's just something about having that big dog and little dog dynamic that balance each other so well as like a home, like your two, like, I don't want to use the word demo dogs. I hate those words, but like those two, like, Assistant rehabbers. It just, I I do miss it a lot. Is what I'm saying. Mm
1: -hmm. No, I totally understand. But yeah, I mean, like I never thought we would have two dogs in the house. It was always a one dog household, but you know and he he's not like a big in space anyway so he's always in his little bed just sleeping <laughs> half the time so he's been a great addition to have
0: <laughs> oh fritter all right so where can people see cross-eyed boss <laughs> and he's not cross-eyed <laughs> by the way but can check you out watch you do your pack walks watch you do some of your training and see fritter like where can they go check you out and stalk you
1: yeah. So honestly, like the best place would be my Instagram, which is just my name, Ayumi, which is spelled A-Y-U-M-I dot paw by paw.
0: Sweet. And I will link it in the show notes for everybody. And I really enjoy watching her stuff too, by the way. I just, I you are such a natural Instagram story person too, as well. Yeah. Awesome. So Ayumi, it's been a great time. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure to have you come on. I want to have you come on for more stuff very soon, but yeah. So thank you so much for the time today. And, you know, I know this is one of those conversations that they're not fun to have, but a lot of people need to kind of have those conversations and talk about like, Hey, it's okay to be a dick sometimes, not like a, a, like a dick dick to be mean, but you can be a dick. (laughs) Like you don't have to be like a, just a horrible toxic human, but you you know, you can stand up for yourself. It's, it's right to stand up for yourself and your business as well. And Thank take you. Ayumi, who met Jesus once on the floor in Melbourne, Australia, when it was freezing oh. cold in the middle of summer. So our bodies were fucking confused and we were
1: sleep deprived. <laughs> oh my God, you're so right. It was so freaking cold in that room. Oh my, I was freezing and shaking half the time I was on the phone. So yeah, I mean, take it from me guys. If I can do it, you absolutely can. And Kristen, thank you so much for having me on. It really, um, it was fun. It was really fun. You know, it was a pleasure too. So thank you for even thinking of me to have me on here.
0: Awesome. All right. Ayumi. take care. Thanks for coming on guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Hey there, thank you for listening to another badass episode of Mind Your Own Dog Business. If you haven't already subscribed, what are you waiting for? Oh my God, go and subscribe now so you don't miss out on any of our content packed dog business jam sessions plus special offers that I'm gonna only be sharing with my amazing dog business entrepreneurial podcast listeners. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star kick-ass review so more amazing dog business owners just like yourself can find us and start to transform and disrupt their businesses and their lives unapologetically. And if you feel so inclined, feel free to tag me on Instagram with a screenshot of this episode and holler at your girl. I'm at Coach. You can find me, Dog Coach, and I'll pop up and I'll give you a special shout out. All right, guys, till next time. Bye.